Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Become Good Soil podcast. There is a song that years ago, upon hearing it, reached into my soul, and it met me and validated a place of my deepest need. I played it again and again and again, and it became a reaching, a sort of beckoning of the Father who sees me in a way that transcends words. In, in moments of, uh, I'd say, disorientation, it brought to light um, dark places that turned to light and places of despair that turned to hope. It was as if the Father was saying, I know, son, I know. And then even deeper, he was reminding me that he actually is here right now. He's with me in it and he's asking if we can do it together. It made me think of a quote from Simon Tugwell that says, so long as we imagine, it is we who have to look for God. We must often lose heart, but it is the other way about. He is looking for us. I wanna share that song with you today. This world is too much for me Now I wanna get off Go on spinning and let me be Well, I'll just get off Need you so desperately It's failure and shame, you see This rejection's too much for me world it's too much for me sound like a sad case a sad specimen of this shoddy race I sound like a poor self petty and fool but that's how I feel this is how I do I fall apart frequently Daily and weekly And then I come And then I come Oh, I'm running hard, I'm running fast Running hard and fast Head down
You can tell a lot about an artist by what they create. We're in the epicenter of autumn out here in the foothills of Colorado. And yesterday, my son Joshua had a first-ever lacrosse tournament on the south end of town. After it concluded, I seized the opportunity to ride my mountain bike home along the Santa Fe Trail through Colorado Springs. This green space that weaves like a wild ribbon of untouched creation through our city was set ablaze with so many colors of fall. It had golden yellows and fiery orange and deep burnt red. There were cottonwoods and aspens, willows and ash trees. They were all filled with vibrant life. So Indian summer has filled the last light of day yesterday with warm breeze that felt like the breath from heaven. As I found a cadence with my bike and with God, the water through Fountain Creek flowed gently and cascaded over falls as the trail wove across bridge after bridge through this spectacular fall. And I found myself asking, what must the artist be like who would inspire this great generative work and this wild paradox we find ourselves in of seasons and rhythm and this crescendo of life with autumn days that prepare us for winter that must come in its time. What must the artist be like? Several years ago, through some of our allies, I came across the music of Esther Sparks. In its rawness and its realness, this artist provided a fresh doorway for me and a path deep into the heart of God away further along the narrow road that so often leads to life. It's with incredible joy that I want to share a gift with you today. Esther has since become a friend and a fellow companion. In this journey of becoming good soil, she has helped countless men and women become the kind of people in whom God can entrust his kingdom. Esther, today, it's my joy and my delight to welcome you here with me at the same table with your guitar to the Become Good Soil podcast. Thanks. I'm really glad to be here. I am so glad to be with you. Thank you. Esther, I sat at various house concerts that friends have hosted where you were leading worship and celebration. And the last one in particular is under a summer starlit sky and you were playing on this deck. And I just thought of the Become Good Soil listeners and these friends all around the globe that want what we want Mm -hmm. and are in a similar stage of life. And I thought, what would it be like to bring your heart to them so that they could taste 
of the kingdom as I have through your life. And uh, so I look forward to this day for quite a while. Thank you. So you've written six albums and raised these kiddos with Chris for a couple decades here in the U.S. But before that, you were born and raised in a castle in Scotland. I was, yeah. (laughs) You have to tell me some more. (laughs) Um, I grew up in the west of Scotland in a castle that was a a spiritual retreat center. Um, I always just tell people I grew up in a commune because it's kind of hard to explain. Just growing up in a house where... People all live together and share everything. Um, my grandparents and my parents started it, and uh, it's set in a very beautiful place out in the hills in the west of Scotland. And um, yeah, that was my childhood. I didn't know anything mm. other than that. So fast forward, you find yourself getting married, mm-hmm. having children, mm-hmm. and trying to fight to um, steward this this gift yeah. entrusted to your care in a world that is so unwelcoming in so many ways. Yeah. Um, I came to the States in 96, and I met my husband, Chris. We were actually both uh, doing summer missions with YWAM because I guess that's what you do when you're 21 and <laughs> just <laughs> finished it. college. I love it. Um, and, uh, yes, I've been here for 20 years. I met Chris in Atlanta, Georgia, and um, we moved to New Orleans, and all three of our kids were born there. And then after Hurricane Katrina, we um, came to Colorado. So we've been here for the last eight years almost. Mm. Mm -hmm. What I've observed, Esther, in getting to become friends with you is you have traveled the hard and holy path of becoming good soil. I've watched you choose the narrow road and walk through the narrow gate Mm -hmm. and to invite God to be and do the impossible Mm -hmm. so that you can become the kind of woman that can lead others and be entrusted with much. Mm -hmm. And so what I want to invite you today is, this isn't scripted, just a fresh flow of conversation and song and to kind of give a platform for some of your songs. I would love, I've chosen a few and I think you have a few on your heart of songs that really capture the essence of this unique stage in the life of a person Mm -hmm. and particularly to men as as is the audience with Become Good Soil, but naturally a lot of their wives are out there listening as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to flow between maybe some of the narrative behind some of these songs and then even risk playing some of the songs in a little bit of this rinky-dink studio that we've uh, pitched together. Yeah, um, as I was thinking about that narrative to tell or that story to tell, um, it's been eight years almost since we moved to Colorado and um, a great many things have happened in that time. Sometimes Chris and I, that's my husband, we like to we call it the series of unfortunate events. Um, just it seems like one kind of difficult life event after another, beginning in 2008. Um, we moved up here and we had managed to build a bit of a business in New Orleans along with a, a friend. And we had some money and we were looking for a new place to live after Hurricane Katrina. And right as we arrived, of course, the recession began and we didn't really. I don't think we expected that it would affect us, actually. I think we thought we would kind of sail through it. We felt like we'd been a bit lucky money-wise. We were young. We are in our early 30s. and um, But it did affect us. In fact, it affected us so dramatically that um, we, within a couple of years, we went from having a 
well, a sizable bank account to needing to get food stamps in order to feed our family. Um, my husband actually went back to New Orleans and tried to salvage some money and tried to salvage a bit of business. And I ended up living up in Woodland Park near here in Colorado uh, on my own with the kids for a couple of years. And I would see him every few weeks or every few months, depending on what we could manage. So that was our first couple of years in Colorado. And it was actually really difficult um, just to have to lose so much so quickly. Yeah, that was the first big whopper was the mm. recession and just losing everything and really not knowing how we were going to feed our family or where we were going to live. So the song's called Numb and Nauseous and it's about unemployment. Unemployment And uncertainty What they do to me What they do to me Unemployment And uncertainty What they do to me what they do, what they do to me Making me numb, I'm nauseous Oh, do you get that feeling too, baby? Making me numb, I'm nauseous Oh, do you get that feeling too, baby? She's been following me all this year, all this year, long, long year. Disappointments piled up in heaps, they've been cornering me. They've been cornering me Making me numb I'm nauseous Oh, do you get that feeling too, baby? Making me numb I'm nauseous Oh, do you get that feeling too, baby? Don't 
Esther, there is a quote that a wise man once said to me, and it was, don't waste your pain. Mm. Don't waste your pain. I remember when he said that, it was, it was sobering because it reminded me that we will have pain one way or another, but the question is, will we waste it? How much will we steward what God's bringing through the pain? And one of the themes I'm aware of with God that I have humbly observed through your music and the narrative of your story is um, God is so relentless in his pursuit to see that our hearts are made whole Mm. and that we become true, Mm. that he will so often wound us in our wounding. Just when we think we can't take enough, in his severe mercy, he'll let it get more painful more ugly, more impossible. And we find a bottom deeper than we ever thought we could go, but it's from that depth that we begin to come alive. There are several songs that I've heard you um, offer that have that theme of the deeper layer of pain and the work that God is doing in the bowels of the soul. Mm. Um, I want Any of those that you want to bring to us today? Yeah, in 2010, my husband and I left our home in Woodland Park, uh, which is in the mountains in Colorado. We, it, we lost it to foreclosure, and um, we were getting ready to file bankruptcy, and we found a little house to rent. Chris had found a job paying a fraction of what he had made before in, down in Denver, so we found a place to live uh, kind of near Boulder, and um, we moved up there. And I really thought this is it. Um, things are going to start turning around. And put our life back together, and um, I'm gonna start my life again. I'm gonna, after the loss that I've been through, I'm gonna get it together. Um, and then within that space of time, um, several really difficult things happened. Uh, a, a close friend who is a member of our was a member of our community. He um, he took his own life, and. Shortly after that, or a while after that, another very close friend, it's actually my husband's best friend, discovered that he had cancer, and it had already spread to most of his body. And so my husband spent a couple years um, driving his best friend to hospital a great deal and sleeping at the hospital and uh, watching him deteriorate. He was only 36 when he died. Um, He's only a week older than me, actually. Mm. We were born a week apart. Um, so that was very painful. And then in the middle of all that, too, a couple other close friends that we were in community with uh, went through divorce. And it was just really difficult. It felt like no good news would come. Um, and then 
the kind of the most painful part for me was someone whom I really loved who was very, very close to me, a very close friend, um, told me the truth that they had deceived me really deeply and gone behind my back. Um, and that really threw me off so... Um, it kind of threw my whole understanding of reality. I think there's a thing about betrayal that um, I had never understood before and what it must do to the soul. I know that Christ knew beforehand that his friends would betray him, but there must have been a moment where he came to understand that that would be the case, mm. that his best friends would either run or deny him or even sell him. Um, the friend that was my friend that I happened with, uh, they actually said to me, um, they said, I've watched you live through the past few years of losing so much and your heart has just been beaten so bad. And then she said to me, I feel like I gave it the final blow that I've watched your heart shatter. And I knew that that was true. Um, and as the reality began to sink in that, our, that I was betrayed and deceived and hurt, I began to lose my grasp on reality. I began to have just really frequent panic attacks, probably a few times a week. Um, and I'd never experienced that in my life. I'd never experienced just not being able to breathe until you pass out, basically. And I went to the hospital because I didn't know what was happening to my body. And a couple months went by and I realized that I really hadn't eaten in a long time. And I, I remember this one day standing on the scale and in the bathroom and realizing that I had lost 30 pounds in a matter of a few months. And this dawning realization that I was probably starving. Um, and my friends, my surviving friends around me and my husband were concerned and asked me to eat. And so I kind of slowly started to get it back together. And I refer to this time as the back porch time because um, instead of eating when my kids were at school during the day, um, instead of functioning really, I would sit on my back porch and I would stare at the ground and I would try, try and um, figure out what happened to me. So here's, I'm going to sing two songs together and one is a song that I wrote about being forgotten by my friend who hurt me and how deeply that pain went and how it rocked my sense of reality. And the second song is called Clean and it's a song about... Um, the day that God helped me get off the back porch. So this song's called Almost, and it's the song about being forgotten. Well, I was so sad It almost drowned me I was ripped apart It almost had me Sucked under the waves Was there he found me And drug me out of my grave But it almost drowned me And I was so sad When you forgot that you loved me but I am so glad you've remembered again. Slip your fingers through mine and hold on to me tight. 
walking out of here alive And on the day the news came Well, it almost drowned me Trapped under its weight And it almost had me My breath stole away clean from out my lungs And I could not find you But the spirit spoke and said there is a way But only I can guide you And I was so sad When you forgot that you love me But I am so glad You've remembered again Yes, I was so sad When you forgot that you love me But I am so glad You remembered again Slip your fingers through mine Hold on to me tight Walking out of here alive Slip your fingers through mine And hold on to me tight Walking out of here alive Slip your fingers through mine and hold on to me tight Rocking out of here like This song's called Clean and it's, I think I wrote it on the same day or maybe the day after that last one and uh that walking out alive piece was just right there and I knew I had to break up with um, my starvation and my back porch time I'm walking out of here leaving all of this behind Walking out on you All the pain you've put me through Well, this pain, it's had me crippled on the ground See, I'm putting it to death now And I may be stumbling and trembling as I leave But I'll be walking out of here Clean I'm walking out Here alive 
not off here alive There'll be no scars upon this skin I'll be breathing not and I'll be breathing the free air It's mine and I'm walking out of here alive The free air It's mine and I'm walking out of here alive You'll never own me Oh, cause love has come and bought me You'll never find me You won't even recognize me And you could not accuse me anymore, no Oh, cause your words mean nothing to me So you will never own me again Oh, cause love has come and got me I'm walking out of here alive I'm walking out of here alive There'll be no scars upon this skin Cause I'll be breathing out and I'll be breathing in the free air is mine and I'm walking out of here alive. The free air it's mine and I'm walking out of here. Life. The free, free air It's mine and I'm walking out of here alive The free air It's mine and I'm walking out of here alive I may be stumbling and trembling as I leave But I'll be walking out of here I'll be walking out clean I'll be walking out clean I'll be walking out of here like. Yes, 
It's fabulous. It's 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 hard to even talk after that, Esther. I just want to <laughs> linger. I want to savor it. It's so good. It's so good. Thank you. Esther, you're you are not the woman that was on that back porch. I mean, I, <laughs> I sit with you today as a witness. You are you Thank are you. different. You have mm-hmm. been made whole. You're alive. You have you're so much of you that's present. As a side note, um, when we're together, I have to work hard at your name and rather than Esther Sparks, mm-hmm. when we met you and we talked about you in our household when our kids were little, they thought you were Esther Sparks. Uh, that like, is a frequent mistake, I, actually. I bet, right. It's our favorite national park, right? And, and it fits. I mean, it's rugged, beauty, wild, untamed wilderness, <laughs> right? But uh, you're not Esther Sparks. You're Esther Sparks. Mm-hmm. And you're not the woman on that back porch. Um, Esther, there's so many themes and there's so many stories you could tell to walk us through what God did Hmm. by way of intervention and restoration from there to here. And I've observed them in your life from community and the power of the restoring community and deep healing of the Mm -hmm. soul, right? And, um, and deliverance and breaking agreements and even that we've gotten to do some of that together, breaking curses off your family. There's a lot of kind of streams of the work of God. Yeah. But one of the streams that comes out very particularly in your music is the power of forgiveness, mm. the power of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And we know the lack of forgiveness is a prison mm. that we put ourselves in, mm-hmm. that we alone have the keys There's a power in forgiveness that cleanses the soul. This weekend on Saturday, Sherry and Joshua and I got in kind of a a perfect Bermuda Triangle of of reasons where we needed to extend forgiveness to each other. And it was messy and it was beautiful. And so little Abigail came bounding downstairs and said, Daddy, I forgive you. And I looked at her and I said, baby girl, thank you so much. I am so grateful for your forgiveness. Can you tell me what you're referring to? And she said, I don't really know. It just feels so good to forgive someone. <laughs> Isn't that precious? Yes. I just love it. She's right. Uh-huh. She's right. The children know mm-hmm. there's a power in forgiveness, and that theme carries its way through lots of your music. By way of introduction, I wanted to invite you to consider one of your songs that speaks of that theme. I'd love to do that song. It's called Forgive Me. It's the song I wrote. Well, it was inspired by uh, the person that I love to hurt me. So deeply, um, because that person said to me, I would give my life to take back the pain that I've caused you, which is quite a statement from a person. But it made me think about the level of shame that was involved there and how I didn't want that level of shame for anyone. And I have felt shame in my life that was so crushing. And I could I could feel the spirit whisper to me that there was a way through, and that was forgiveness. And I didn't feel pressured by God. I felt very much allowed into the secret of you can forgive if you would like to. It's yours to choose. I understand that if I hadn't chosen it, I would be very tormented. But as I began to choose that, it kind of became like this rolling stone in my life of needing to forgive. When it really became intense was when I had to forgive God and when I had to forgive myself. And those were the two. Mm. Man, I was really, really angry at God. I was very disappointed. And I remember those days of forgiveness and having to choose to forgive him. It was like a deep, deep ache in my heart. It felt like somebody pushing broken glass into my chest. Like, 
just this longing to want to do it, but also this anger of, I just don't know how. I just don't know how. So this song is called Forgive Me, and it's it begins in the place where I chose to forgive my friend who hurt me, and it goes to the place of me forgiving myself and, and God too. So... Well, have you ever done something so bad, so wrong you'd give your life to change it? Sometimes we've done something so bad, so wrong you die just to change it. But you cannot turn back the hands of time and you cannot redo this well nor a wind all oh, the wound has been made all your begging and pleading won't take it away from the one that you love well have you ever done something so bad so wrong you give your change it sometimes we've done something so bad so wrong you die just to change it you cannot turn back the hands of time and you cannot redo this well not rewind oh the wound has been made all your begging and pleading won't take it away from the ones that you love. Oh, and shame, it will surely kill you, it will surely choke you, take the breath from your lungs. Oh, yeah, shame, it will surely kill you, it will. Eat out your heart till your love is all gone. But I forgive you, will you forgive me? Oh, I forgive. You will, you forgive me, oh, I forgive you, will you forgive me, oh, I forgive you, will you forgive me, oh, I. Forgive me, oh, I forgive you, well, you forgive me. Have you ever done something so bad, so wrong? Give your life to change it.
Esther, I'd put that song on in my truck and I would crank it and just hit repeat, repeat, repeat. And God has used that song in a lot of desperate moments to heal my soul and make me right with him and a lot of people to treasure. Where I sense the spirit leading us is for me to ask you, where do you want to go? I would just love to let the spirit lead by what's on your heart today in this moment, where you sense with story and song, uh, you'd like to go with our friends. Years ago when my second son was born, I was 24 years old, I think. I was 24 and I was living in New Orleans and I had quite a bout of um, postnatal depression or it just felt like postnatal anxiety, really. Um, I would wake in the middle of the night. He was tiny and he was very colicky and would scream. And I remember um, nursing him on the edge of the bed and then rocking him and hoping that it wouldn't wake my husband, but also feeling just terrified, like tied in knots, terrified that something was going to happen to our family, that someone was going to break in and hurt us. It was the oddest fear. We lived in a suburban neighborhood. But it gripped me like really tightly. And this one night I'm holding, my son's name is Justice, I'm holding Justice over my chest, kind of under my chin, you know, where you would hold a baby like right there over your heart. And um, I remembered the scripture, it's the blessing I think is given to Benjamin and it says, the one the Lord loves rests between his shoulders. I heard the Spirit say to me, Esther, when you're with me, you're always here. And I knew that I was over his heart that I was over the eternal mother's heart, the eternal father's heart, and held in that place. And I remember that night, this fear that had gripped me since my baby was born just melted like ice under hot water, just disappeared and was gone. Then years later, when I was in that back porch phase of my life, um, I couldn't sleep. It was really bad. I would just, I was, my body was really having a difficult time functioning and I couldn't sleep and... I've always had a really good imagination, which is helpful, and I would pretend that I was laying on God's chest, and it was the only way I could ever fall asleep. And I, thanks to my awesome imagination, I could feel it. I could feel the chest of God mm. beneath me, and I could feel the heartbeat of God. And it wasn't like I was trying to be really spiritual or something. I just really was in so much pain <laughs> that I couldn't find another safe place to be, and it was the only place I felt like I could fall asleep. And then, um, so this theme has kind of been here for me, this being on the chest of God, you know, like you, your baby, where you lay your baby to nap on your chest in the afternoon. Then recently I, I was coming home one day and my friend Rachel, who loves to study all things psychology and trauma healing, came out on the back porch and she told me she'd been watching these instructional videos by this uh, psychologist, I believe, who studied monkeys. Uh, studied these rhesus monkeys for generations and had discovered that when a child within the group, within the family group, was traumatized by a fall or any kind of trauma, the parent would pick up the child, the infant, and place them over their chest so that their breathing and their heartbeat could become one. Because in their trauma, the child's heartbeat was racing and their breathing was racing and they were panicking. And the parent monkey would hold that baby there until its heartbeat became the same as her heartbeat, until its breathing became the same. 
And Rachel's telling me this one this this one afternoon. I go, oh, that's what happened to me. That's what the father did for me. He put me on his chest. And he, I was so, I felt so traumatized. Even in my anger at him, I knew this place of intimacy of him slowing my breath and slowing my heart back to a regular pace. And so I just feel like I've been learning something about being healed from trauma and it's to do with intimacy and intimacy with God. And also it's not just the healing of our of our spirit, but it's the healing of our mind and the healing of our body back to a place of wholeness. So I wrote this song, Bird in My Jacket, which is a funny title. But um, when I was there over the heart of God, I felt like this little wounded bird that he'd picked up and tucked inside his jacket pocket. We have the MP3 for it, so here it is. I have come to believe in how much you love me Like remembering a secret I've known all my life Like the deepest of treasures still deeper within me From the roots to the surface, I'm watching it rise. For I am a bird tucked inside your jacket. I am your baby girl under your wing. Almost loving a father. My life-giving mother The breath of your kiss Has made my soul sing And the one That you love Rests Between Over your 
Esther, when I listen to your music, the predominant word that comes to my soul is life. It's life, that life wins, that life triumphs over death. And I think for our friends out there listening, it's so easy to um, glamorize a story from a distance. You know, you're a singer-songwriter, you have six albums, you have a wonderful marriage, these lovely kids. Like, if they only knew right? Yeah. That spirit of Seriously. that spirit of false comparison comes in, right? And compares part of my life to part of your life. Mm-hmm. And if they only knew the countless bars you've had to play to drunk people that didn't give a shit about <laughs> <Very> God, <true. laughs> right? Yes. Right? Yep. And the, the, the jobs that you've taken mm-hmm. of doing photography for car dealerships, mm-hmm when you love taking photos of beautiful things, <laughs> of cleaning people's offices. Yep. Right? I think it, I've done everything. Waitress, cleaner. <laughs> well, Esther, you've done it all, and you're doing it all because you've had to fight for life. Yes. Uh, it hasn't come on a silver platter. And I think what it reminds me of, this theme in the journey of the restoration of a soul is that life gives way to death so that death can give way to life. Mm-hmm. And the promise of the gospel is always life, that life wins. And you have a song that captured me. All your songs capture me. They're all my favorite song, by the way. So let me talk about my next favorite song. And I think I've wanted to save this for the close of this time together because um, I want it to be a proclamation that is the proclamation I experience out of your music and your ministry that at the end of our story, in God's kingdom, that life always wins and that life always prevails. And you have a fantastic song, Back to Life. I'd love to hear your heart behind it and then ask you to play it for us. So yeah, this is Back to Life and it's it's about us and it's about us losing everything. And um, the miracle of holding on to one another. Baby, we lost, we lost everything, did we? Baby, we lost, 
we lost everything, dear. Well, we lost our heads and we lost our hearts and we lost our lives, but we as you play and 
as kind of eternity slips in on us in the studio and hopefully for the listeners, my heart truly goes to what God brings through C.S. Lewis in The Last Battle when he speaks of Aslan, when you're playing of life coming from death and the more that's available as we walk as his sons and daughters in the kingdom. Lewis says these words, And as Aslan spoke, he no longer looked to them like a lion. But the things that began to happen after that were so great and beautiful that I cannot write them. And for us, this is the end of all the stories. And we can most truly say that they all lived happily ever after. But for them, it was only the beginning of the real story. All their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. Now, at last, they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. Esther, I feel like that captures your life and your ministry, that somehow through the loss Mm. and the heartache, by choosing to consent to God, you lead us towards a happily ever after. In this music, it's, it's like the wardrobe, and it's the door opening to Narnia and the beginning of the real story. Mm. I'm so honored that you would sit with me today and risk opening your soul and bearing these stories on behalf of the hearts of our friends out there. I would love them to have the chance to feast Um, at the table that you've set through your life and your music and your ministry, how would they do that? Where do they find these songs and more? Well, um, you know, all the normal places, like uh, they're on iTunes and Spotify and Pandora. Uh, You can go to estersparks.com, which is just my name, estersparks.com, and that has links on there to all the um, places they're available to buy, download, watch videos, um, yeah, it's all it's all right there on estersparks.com and it'll take you to iTunes, Spotify, wherever you like to listen to music. And as we talked about this, you wanted to give generously a few free songs that um, bookended our time together. And so we're going to grab Cry All Over You, where we started, and Back to Life, where we finished. And those two tracks will be available at becomegoodsoil.com slash estersparks. And if you have any trouble spelling the name, because like me, you get it confused with Sparks in moments, um, you can just go to becomegoodsoil.com and find this, the post associated with this podcast. And on that page, you'll find links to estersparks.com and you'll find links to these free MP3s. Esther, I mentioned in this conversation a few times where I experienced your music in a house concert setting. On some occasions, though they're more rare now than they used to be, that you'll come into a home in a community environment where somebody will gather their community to expose them to your message and your ministry. And so for those people that might be interested in that, how would they get in touch with you? You can contact me through my website. There's a contact page. There's an email address. I answer it really pretty regularly I check it so um and so I'm really easy to reach uh yeah go ahead and and email me there great I would love for you to pray um for our friends out there to tuck in these treasures and store them up in their hearts 
Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for the depths of your love for us. I pray that um, we would know your love, Father. We would know it with certainty. I pray for those who are in pain, those who are in that um, raw place where you feel like your flesh is just sore to the touch and it's felt like a long time that you've been there. Father, I ask for the gauze of your love to wrap around them and I pray for hope. I thank you that you don't leave us but when we're in the grave you dig it wider and climb down with us and hold us there until it's time to be raised up. I pray for hope that there's resurrection, Lord, and new life. And I pray for I pray for those two who, who just know someone who's in pain, who don't know what to say or where to go in that brokenness. I pray that you'd give them comfort to bring. I pray you'd open our hearts, Lord, and pour these things in. And that these songs and stories would mean to people what um, what you have for them, Lord. Amen. This is Morgan Snyder with my friend and hero, Esther Sparks. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Become Good Soil podcast.